Welcome to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Today we have LT Bourne. LT Bourne is a speaker, radio talk show host, and author whose professional career began back in 2019 after his first book, It's Not a Man's World. In his first book, LT reveals what is like for a male growing up in a fatherless household in the 21st century. He is a holder of two degrees, an Associate of Arts degree in Business Management from National American University and a Bachelor of Science degree, majoring in Psychology from the University of Buckingham. Currently, he is employed by the Turks and Caicos government as a probation and parole officer. And his goal is to empower this new generation of fatherless men to beat the odds and open new doors of endless possibilities. LT born. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, Mohan. I'm excited to be here, and I want to thank you for properly saying Turks and Caicos Islands. You don't know how many people get that messed up. So thank you, and it's a pleasure to be on the show. And guys, he's in Turks and Caicos right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. So I want to like jump right in. Um. I have yeah. a few questions. Sure. When you were growing up, of course, you know, you grew up in a fatherless household. Yeah. Who did you grow up with? Who raised you? Your mom? Okay. So, um, I'll, I'll start off by saying um, I, I'm an author of a book um, called It's Not a Man's World. And um, the reason why I, I entitled the book "It's Not a Man's World" because I, I grew up in a in the world of women. Um, I, I was in one of those extended families where it was my grandmother, my auntie, and my mother raising me at the same time. So I was in, entrenched in in this woman's <laughs> world and, and their experiences. So um, yeah, my world was very very feminine uh, growing up as as a young man, and those three individuals had a, a great influence on my life as a child when at what age and i can imagine because the same here with my boys it's my mom me and my sister my sister and i um uh, so when did you find it most challenging challenging you know you're you're growing into a team you're yeah. developing those those yeah. important questions like yeah tell me about that um, I would probably say the, the, the most difficult transition came probably when I was in the ninth grade. Um, you know, I, I, I just was angry a lot and I, I guess you can call that hormonal changes and mm. yeah, I was just, uh, being distant and, and being rebellious and, and trying to understand these emotions um that i was experiencing and so um i acted out a lot i um i, re I regressed in my grades and um yeah just regular teenage stuff and 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 it, it and it, it was my uncle who uh straightened me out a bit and pulled me to the side along with a gentleman uh, by the name of Pastor Fulfit, um, he mm -hmm. also pulled me to the side and told me I was acting a fool. And, and that allowed me to straighten up on my path again. But um, the, the age that was most difficult for me was, 
it was probably that age because I had so much emotions inside of me. At that time, uh, my mother wasn't living with me anymore. She married and she relocated to another island. And my auntie, mm-hmm. she, she got a job and we moved to another island. And it was only me and my grandmother in the household now. And to, to, cop, to couple that with the experience of, you know, uh, 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 seeing my father leave at a very young age, roughly around the age of, of three and four, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I guess, you know, I, you can also uh, attribute that to abandonment issues as well that I was okay. experiencing at that time, you know, taking in all of that, seeing everybody that I love just leave, you know, that, that really uh, uh, impacted me. Um, so I, I would say that was the most difficult period in my life um, as a teenager. Did your dad stay in touch with you? Were you able to go visit him? Um, no, my daddy, uh, he was uh, uh, Casanova, uh, if, if you know what that means, or uh, a player, it, it, to put it in street terms. So it, it was all a game for him. And um, he, he, uh, he had about nine children. I don't want to mention uh, the baby mamas and all that, but he had about nine children. And, um, you yeah, know, we never maintained no sort of relationship after he left. Um, last year would have been the first time I've ever made contact with him, and that's me initiating the contact. But he never took the initiative to reach out to me. And um, I realized after writing my book, if I'm going to have my father... It's going to have to be me um, always taking the initiative because he doesn't really see the importance of that. I don't know. I haven't really had the conversation with him to understand why his psyche developed the way it did. But mm-hmm. he, he, he's, um, he, he doesn't have the right perspective on fatherhood as yet. But I hope, you know, through just constantly engaging him and asking these tough questions, you know, uh, one day we'll get there. You know, we can't. We can't go back and, and change the past. You know, I can really uh, be angry at my father for being the father that he was, but he went through something and his environment nurtured that mindset. And um, I, I have to now um, learn from that so that I can become a better man. And I can't become a better man holding on to that anger. So all I can do is approach the situation, approach the situation with an open mind and a loving heart and, and, and try to learn from his experiences and also try to include him and try to show him what it's really like to be a, a father. Um, and so one day I, I do hope I can have a family and then really demonstrate to him, you know, what you should have been doing. And, you know, until then, you know, I'll just work on our relationship and that trust and, and that camaraderie that we have, we should have had years ago. And I'll continue to do that until, you know, we, you know, get to some level. It might not be the Hollywood or society's expectations of what a father-son relationship should be, but at least it'll be something at the end of the day. You know what? Um, I want to tell you, I commend you and you are a phenomenal man because you're reaching out to him. Yeah. And and you're and you're you're fighting for that relationship. I mean, when I say fighting, I want you to understand my term. I'm not saying mm-hmm. you're like constantly, but it's a, it's a yeah. need. There's a void yeah. in you. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you something to where you're not alone. Same mm-hmm. situation. I have three boys. Once when it was time for their dad and I to split. I looked at them and they were like, "No, get rid of, get rid of him. He's not doing right." <laughs> they had no connection. So yeah. 
when I yeah. did that, he, he didn't even come back anymore to even call and say, hey, could I take him out? Could I? So it's the same thing. And I yeah. often look at my boys. I'm like, does that bother you? Because my parents met at 16. And just like I said, I just buried my father in May. So my father's been in my life. I don't know what that's like. Yeah. Plus, I'm a female. Yeah. So I ask them often, like, does that bother you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, are you sure? They're like, no. So, <laughs> you know, I just, me telling you that you're not alone. Can you, I mean, doesn't it sound kind of, because their father was a, a Rolling Stone playboy. That, that, that. They probably got 20 brothers. And sisters over here, so oh, wow. Yeah. To say that, sound, right. you just sound like you were telling my story. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's sad because it's a common theme in, 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 in black communities. Um, this 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 black man being hypersexualized to the point where um, when he does create a family, he can't even stay there because I mean he's hypersexualized. He's just womanizing and having multiple relationships, and it and it boils down to to the trauma and, and all these things that our community has gone through. And and I and I'll say this to your audience: mm-hmm. every black family needs a therapist. Um, Do you believe very- that? Hundred percent, hundred percent sure. The trauma that we've gone through for centuries, um, we can't pray this out. We can't uh, uh, fast this out. We need trained professionals to, to consult with to work through these traumas because hypersexuality is is not normal. It's not normal for men to want multiple women and and want to have sex with multiple women all the time. You know, mm-hmm. so that there, there's something wrong with that deal. And 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 only way to to get to the bottom of that is is through therapy. So, so you're I, saying I, black families yeah. that have that issue? Uh, all black families, not not only not even uh, fatherlessness and hypersexuality. I mean, all black families in period should be uh, going through therapy because slavery was was a, a traumatic experience. And um, I mean, you see what's going on in, in America today, still uh, with the remnants of slavery still still lingering with systematic injustices. Um, so it, it, that 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 trauma is still there, you know, and and you we can't pretend as though uh, um, it's not there. And and we see and we see the state of our communities. We see where we at economically. That's not that's not by co- that's not by chance. It's it's the fact that we have so much trauma and the way we're hand, we're not dealing with it the right way, and we're and we're not nurturing trust and and honesty. Um, mm. Things that things that we need to to build a community and, and strengthen our community. We're not doing it because we're traumatized. In order for us to 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 climb the economic ladder and 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 to to build strong communities, we must address our traumas, whatever whatever they may be. And we can't. And we have to remember that when these slaves were free uh, three hundred years ago uh, or four hundred years ago, depending where you were in the world, mm-hmm. um, they they didn't. They didn't get no sort of psychological intervention. They were just freed, you know, so they had to figure it out on our own. And I'm telling you guys in 2021 today that we don't have to figure it out anymore. There are trained professionals. There are black trained professionals who can actually tell you why you're acting this way and and why you're stuck. And they can do the work with you to get you out of that rut so that you can level up and achieve your greatness. Do you believe that... um... And it's so funny because when you mentioned the slaves, I'll tell you what went through my mind because I've said this before, just, you know, talking to my family, I would go, you know what, you know why it's hard for a lot of black people to get, get along 
Because that, <laughs> during that, no, I, I this, this, these are words that I use. This is my podcast. I'm keeping it real. My <laughs> podcast is conversational, like someone's eavesdropping. So right now, I know the Go audience ahead. are like, huh? Yeah, I preach said sister, it. preach sister. It is because I believe we were trained, and I'm using the word trained because it's a training that took place years ago with the slaves to keep us separate, to keep yeah. separate us. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like. I used to say, well, do we carry a gene that it's just made yeah. that way it's so easy to separate yeah. us? Mm-hmm. And I know there's a word for it for, you know, psychologists and, and you know, um, professionals know what they may call that. It's just that I explain it. It sounds kind of harsh, but sometimes, a lot of times, we don't want to look at that reality of things. Yeah. How it's so, so easy to separate the Black family. How it's so easy to separate the black man from his home. How was, I mean, just like it was time for their dad to move on. Some things are really not meant to be. Now we do have to, that's not a color thing. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. It's situational, I I agree. Um, But uh, there's a psychologist by the name of uh, Dr. Joyce or Joy DeGruy and she uh, termed this phrase post-traumatic slave syndrome and, and everything that you talk about she she captured in in this syndrome um and she also has uh ways in which she can um, um address it you know so she's been doing a lot of research about it uh, my background um as as you read in the bio is also psychology so i i i, I will go to mental health a lot um because um i i believe it all starts with the mind you know, if, uh, the, the the revolution won't be televised because the revolution begins in the mind. That's what that's what that phrase truly means. That's mm-hmm. why the rabbit. That's why the revolution can't be on TV because the revolution starts with the mind. So once we adapt that right mindset as a community, then the, the world can't stop us. And there's so many things on um, television shows that's just just um um um. um continuing to give us that same narrative um, painting that same picture to us as a community instead of teaching us how to heal they teach us how to live in trauma even in, in um, um i listen to rap music but mm-hmm. I, I i listen to it with an open mind and i'm racking i can recognize that these rappers are in pain some of them and they can't they can't figure out how to cope with it because we haven't really um um normalize therapy in our community and i and i'll tell you this um mohina the the year mohana sorry sorry mohana it's mohani 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 has a has an island ring to it i love it mohani (laughs) mohani yes um i'll tell you this the 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 century not the century Mm -hmm. the decade or the year that black communities become really open to um therapy and, and psychological healing you'll mm-hmm. see a, a, a huge shift in who a huge shift in um where we are globally and, and economically um but we don't get there unless we deal with our underlying conditions first you know um i'm gonna say something else on my podcast I love all people, but I got to say it. I mean, it's burning on my tongue. I got to say this. Now you got to speak it now. I got to speak it. So here's the mm-hmm. thing. So I hear a lot of black people say, we want our reparations. 
You yeah. want our and let me tell you what I said. Yes, we do deserve that reparation, but guess what yeah. I'm worried about? Will it separate us more? It it will because because we're damaged, you know. That's um, right. I said, I said. Yeah, we're so damaged that okay, we give us this money, we're gonna spend it for all the wrong reasons to to yeah, deal with our pains and insecurities, you know. Instead wow. of really being strategic and 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 spending it for the love of the community, we're gonna spend it to cope with whatever anxieties, depressions, and all these other things that we have lingering. Now, I'm not saying that other races don't go through this, but I'm saying that it's more predominant amongst us. And it's and it's seen more and it's perpetrated more amongst our race. And, and until we can, can get to a place of healing, then that money will, it won't mean nothing at the end of the day. You know, it will I be often, short-lived. I often felt, and I've said this too. You know how they have tried to um, say, "Don't shop on this particular day." I laughed. Yeah. I said, "If black people really knew, if the we power. really took two days, and no, everybody black did not buy anything, not even a candy, and they stayed in the house, we would shut the world down. Listen, we would. We would we stop would. it all." And, and would. that would show how much power that we have. Yeah, we do. And, we have, we have a, it's hard. We have, it's, it's hard because it's culture, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and, and it's reinforced in, in, in uh, music and rap music. You know, I need a Balenciaga. I need Prada. You know, I need that Louis V bag. Who's your um, yeah, favorite so, rapper? Sorry to cut you off. Who's your favorite rapper? Once you uh, said rap, I wanted to ask you. <laughs> um, I'm a you. I'm, I'm a huge uh, J. Cole fan. Um, okay. I, I also like Lupe Fiasco, Jay-Z, okay. um, a little bit of Kendrick Lamar. Um, if it's if it's like really, really street, really, really street, because I, uh, I do have that side of you. I'm not going to put okay, on a front. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I listen to uh, Lil Baby, Lil Baby, and uh, Lil, um, Lil Uzi Vert. You know, I like okay. Lil Uzi Vert's energy. Um, but you know okay. that's my street side no but female rapper, <laughs> or male uh, um female rapper uh, uh, i know I like, it went through your mind uh, <laughs> no. uh, um nikki nikki is a is a great rapper man i can't yes, even like, like yeah she's she's a great rapper i remember her back in the the early days of um Young money, cash money. Yeah, she really, yeah. she really was on game. I mean, I respect Cardi, but lyrically, man, Nikki, Nikki is better than Cardi. But I'm not gonna get into that with your audience, man. That's no, another we not, discussion. No, we not. But I understand <laughs> you as far as um, what with Nikki, with Nikki talk about is much safer, even if yeah. she's risque, than the others. So, yeah, you yeah, know, I mess. It's keeping it real. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mess with Nikki. <laughs> so yeah. um do you i don't mean to pry but are you a dad do you have any kids yet no i haven't okay. um i think it's by the grace of god um that okay. i don't have any kids and i'll say this because you know um I, i've had um i've had very very good um girlfriends who were willing um it, it just didn't happen and i felt like you know everything is in this timing you know, because if I had had kids, I probably never would have gotten this book that allowed me to explore my trauma 
um, more deeply. So I feel like God wanted me to deal with this fatherlessness first before he introduced the family to me. So I, I, I've, I've been blessed to, um, to, to have gone through that stage of my life to now knowing that when I have a family, there are certain things that I want to do. Like I have a vision now for the type of family and the type of father that I want to be. Really? Yeah. What does that look like? Someone that's present, understanding, open-minded. Obviously, I won't be the perfect dad because I didn't have a dad deal, but um, that's that's where the understanding comes comes from. And, and having a, a woman that you know, I hopefully uh, she she would have had a father, and and they can have a grandfather. You know, so they'll, they'll, there's a lot of. Uh, things that I, I want like that where you know the woman that I fall in love with she had a good relationship with her dad and, and she can teach them a few things that I'm unable to teach them that would add some sort of balance you know so you know um, it's not going to be perfect but you know it's going to be more more of me approaching the 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 process with the growth mindset obviously you know <laughs> Um, people are complex beings, and I say that to say, you know, it will be hell and water some days, but I'm, I'll be with them to the very end. I'm not going to walk out in the fashion that my father walked out, and I think at the end of the day, that's what's more important to me, that no matter what the relationship dynamics is, I'm going to be present in my children's life. Wow. So, you, yeah. so you, you're not going to put your kids through that pain? No, I won't. No, I won't. We'll make it work, whoever it is. We'll, we'll- Wow, I, I yeah. like the fact that you have it all mapped out. Like you have a plan. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was saying I I do. You know, and, and but at the end of the day, um, you make a plan and, and God laughs. You know, so He has a plan as well. And you know, I I just have to uh, wake up every morning and try to align myself um, and, and try to take away um, um, less of me and more of Him. But those are my intentions, and I hope that, you know, life plays out that way. Well, you said God has a, you have a plan and God laughs. I'll tell you this. I believe sometimes God will throw you other things to see if you can recognize what's for you and what's not. Right. I, I totally agree with that. 100%. So that's something, you know, he can, you know, you can have two or three, you can have relationships that you were supposed to say no to. Because yeah. he wants to teach you on your way to getting the prize getting what yeah. you want. You will get what you want. Oh, you preacher. You I preacher, am, sister. Am. You, will, you will get what you want. But it's for you to identify what's not for you. And, yeah. and guess what? If you keep on meeting the same people, they you're going to keep on meeting the same kind of girl until, you know, God yeah. is saying, all right, I'm going to send him Elizabeth now. See if he get it. I'm going to send them Mary. He's going to send you all. And if you keep on grabbing these same women, everybody that come because you want this relationship, you have to just take your time and yeah you know well, how did the yeah. song go baby you can do it take your time do it right <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 but, um, i want to ask you i want to go back to counseling because that was very interesting to me because you know it's always been the same black people don't need counseling we don't need yeah counseling. yeah um i if you okay so right now lt born you're in charge of the black race <laughs> right. All of them. What uh-huh. plan would you do? You think you would give to us to follow? What do you think would be conducive for us to succeed as black people? 
Um, because you mentioned counseling. Like, what's that? Like, how would you put that into place for our lives? I mean, well, well, um, well, for me, it's um, having a counselor present in every community, um, schools, uh, churches. Uh, like, make counseling a norm. Okay, but you know, let me let me jump in one second just to ahead. share this with you and hold that thought. So, I'll talk to you about in New York. Hello? Bonnie, I, I can't hear you. Hello? Hello? Oh, honey. Hello? Mahani? Mahani? the timer went with the conversation. This was really good. So we got to keep on going for a few more minutes. Oh, I have something sweet. that I just remember. Okay. I remember I did try counseling with my first marriage when it was Rocky, right? Uh-huh. Two different counselors. And let me tell you, each time he lied and the counselor looked at me like I was wrong. So this is what I'm saying. Like, how do we comfort black people that this is the way to go? Wow, um, it's that's. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to cut. I'm basing it on I'm a New Yorker. You yeah. know what I mean? We're in yeah. Turks and Caicos, so maybe it'll it will work. I don't know. I listen. I'm for anything that will work. Anything to make our race better because we are phenomenal beings. Are you kidding well, well, me? Well, well, Mohani, I'll I'll say this. You know, um, we we with progress, you you have to advocate. You have yes. to. Uh, constantly be having these conversations um and the government involved and and and, and various pop um, influences involved as well i mean you look at the civil rights movement and how they were able to um progress you know you had people like dr martin luther king mlk they were constantly on radio shows and talk shows you know talking about their issues they were doing yes. protesting you know um all of that is raising public awareness about our our issue our issues as minorities at that time and again it's the same when it, when it comes to mental health you know you, we gotta talk about it more talk about our experience with counselors um talking about talk about um the limitations um and, and that way we'll know okay what works what doesn't work what we need to tweak 
and 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 we'll be able to develop a model that the, the whole community or some communities can can use or even draw from but we don't get to the model unless we start to have those conversations and un unfortunately we're not having these type of conversations enough you know we're mm -hmm. just we're just um looking at the surface level that he's a cheetah or she's a cheetah or she's <laughs> moody she's yeah. moody and um she's she, she's these things or he's that but he, we're not really diving into you know why these individuals became the persons that they are why what made the 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 goldfish a shark at the That's end of right. the day you yeah. know so um we in order for us to uh to to get back to goldfish you must understand how it first became a shark mm, i like that yeah. That's right I yeah. used to, it, I'm, I'm an author also and in my books when I talk about relationships I, I always uh, I, this is what I'm famous for saying you know everybody always want that feeling that you had in the beginning right yeah for sure but in order that, that, to, that the honeymoon face <laughs> yeah but but you know they all about that but who one of the parties were the one to change which made the change yeah does that make sense yeah, for sure. Somebody had to. I don't think two people at the same time says honeymoon phase over. We're gonna something happens. There's a change that goes on at some point in the relationship, and it yeah. flips it right over. Yeah, I completely agree. And and no. I, it's trying to figure out how do, how do we stop that? Now, like I said, I believe when it comes to that, that's all relationships. That's not a, a, a color thing. That's not a black but, thing. But, but what if what if our whole idea of of how a relationship was should function was completely wrong, wrong. to begin yes. with? I you know, know. We, we need to question society as well. You know, we know that we are not living in a society that's designed for our progress. So what what <laughs> what what is it what is it then that our relationship should look like? Um, not watching a Disney movie or TV, you know. I don't. I don't yes. want to model my relationship on what I see on television. And we all know reality TV is not truly reality. So we we need to be careful, you know, what's influencing us in relationships and who we are modeling our relationships after, and really and truly just 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 get to know what we want as people and stop going into a relationship with these wild expectations of your lover to be what you saw growing up or et cetera, and try to really and truly learn yourself and understand what type of lover you would need and not necessarily what society told you that, what society told you to love, yes. if that makes sense. It makes you know? sense. You know, I, so I, go ahead. Even with marriage, this is something and when I, I've said this to people I always hear air on the other end I'm going to say it again I got to say this to <laughs> um, I felt as though you know when you get married right and you get a divorce when, it's, when it, if you get a divorce there's a person that's making a decision on you being able to get a divorce yeah and I said, I that's one system I felt need to be critiqued. I was like, listen, maybe every six years, a letter should come in the mail for both parties to go get notarized in order to keep their marriage. Yeah. And if it's not working out, then you and you notarize the other side that says you want to, you know, not, you know, they could call it something else, not a divorce. You just want to forget, you know, leave it alone. 
and these this is what you want to split with the other person or something because yeah. there's a um I believe a lot relationships for the wrong reasons and yeah that, that's true you know if you stay in a relationship okay we could use your dad for an instance or even my kid's father they stay here but they're really not happy and they're doing all of this stuff under the sun and you're watching this as a child growing up so what are you going to do repeat the same listen yeah. either you're going to repeat the same thing you've watched your dad do or you won't repeat the same thing but yeah you're watching unhappiness around you. So where's yeah. your example? A, a, a marriage supposed to be. And, and that becomes a repeated cycle as well. That's right. So that's yeah. the thing. In relationships, I can, I don't know, maybe I can commend your dad for moving on because it wasn't working for him, but I don't commend him for leaving you. Do you right. see what I'm saying? Because he's still, yeah. you can still parent outside that. A strong parent presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's just I, I, that. I, I, I completely agree. And you know, um, as men, um, man, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I try not to uh, make excuses for deadbeat dads, you know. But <laughs> when you when you just look at the environment they come from, if if it was truly a healthy environment, then they would they will feel that social pressure to do better. But because our environments are so unhealthy, they don't feel that. So before I look at the dad, I got to look at the environment. I'm like, man, we, we are not being raised in, in, in good environments. And again, it just boils down to that trauma and, and addressing that. I will always allude to that and mm -hmm. because I believe that's where it starts. That's where our progress starts as a, as a community. Us addressing these traumas and and um, and 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 learning about ourselves, you know, um, being the change that we want to see, and, yeah. and not blaming not blaming the government um, and and anything. Like you said earlier, we have so much spending power in the community in our community. There's no reason for us to have so many uh, ghettos, so many um, poor neighborhoods with, with so much spending power. I mean, you, you got the pair of LeBron James that, that comes out or the pair of Jordans that come out. We can we can, um, we can buy them, but we can't purchase uh, business licenses um, or support black businesses, you know? So uh, it, our priorities are wrong. Um, we're doing a lot of things for the wrong reason. And, and the reason why we're doing a lot of things for the wrong reason is because we are trying to cover up our pain with external things when really and truly um, we can't heal it with external things. We need to do the internal work. And, and how we do the internal work is, is through therapy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And a therapist that understands the black mind, the African-American yes. mind. Yes. That's, you know... Yes. Um, like I said, I try, I don't want to, cause you know, therapy is structured. You ask yeah. what happened as a child yeah, and, yeah. and guess what? <laughs> we have to now, I want you to lay back, take three deep breaths and then tell me when it happened, where were you in the bathroom? Oh, they was in the bathroom. Um, so how do you feel about water when it runs? Do you see how it leads to a bunch of stuff? Right. So how do we find is it maybe there you know maybe there could be a new type of site yeah to be developed for black people the black mind listen we yeah. have created the majority of things we use today yeah 
So yeah, we're phenomenal I, beings. It's just that somewhere along the way, something, it, I call it like an imbalance somewhere. And it's yeah. like, you, you know what? I have to, I have to curse because I can't curse. You get into fuck it mode quick. With right. Things. Yeah. And so then you true. just go with the flow. So yeah. how do we, and, and counseling, I can see that as long as it's put in a place to help, as long as, this community yeah. don't go outside and their counselor is not of their color. Then it's right, right away. It's like, how are they going to tell me? Even though, like I said, counseling is all structured. My degree is in behavioral sciences. Love right? it. Right? That's behavior. Love it. You, your degree, like you said, it's in psychology. Yeah. So yeah. how could you, like if you thought about, how could they have a psychologist that focus on the black mind because it is yeah. different. Well, like I alluded to earlier, there, there is a psychologist, uh, Dr. Joy DeGruy. She's doing a lot of research. Yes. Mm-hmm. And maybe the psychologists that we need for our community, they can pull from the studies that she's finding to, to, to um, form a new type of psychologist. You know, uh, and psychology is constantly evolving too. So what you're saying is not far fetched. You have positive psychology that just came about like a decade ago. That's this mm-hmm. whole um, positive psychology. That's this whole as you think, you become sort of thing and the law of attraction. You know these sort. That's yes. positive psychology. That's just that just yes, came around. Um, like the terms positive psychology just came around like a, a decade ago. So we can't create a psychologist or a feeling psychology that's solely just for for black people and addressing their traumas and, and helping. Um, down to 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 turn around as a community because the thing what's what's scary about it, um, Mohani, is that you go anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. the black the black community got the same issues. So, <laughs> it, it, so I'll be the lab. You're so right. You're right. So so you know, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a universal mindset, you know, and we we need to address that. We honestly I, I do. I don't want to come on political, but you're 100% right. And you don't want it to look like segregation either. Just another form of it. Right. What right. I mean is, you know, putting all the blacks together, but b- black people are really, we're different people. And yeah. we we recognize, I mean, let me, I'll tell you the difference. Child, and they you you they get ready to do something, you know exactly what they was getting ready to do. But another race may say, yeah. no, no, no. They were just getting ready to reach for the lollipop. Yeah, and you're yep. looking, saying to yourself, "Nah, I identify what that was." You know, so what happens when the person who felt they were reaching for a lollipop becomes their counselor? Mm. See that big right. picture? How right. could they? How could they structure they, that mind? They they so can't. They can't. Not, uh, that's right, and and I you believe know. this is what has been happening in the world for so long. That's why yep. a lot of twisted so to throw that to the side because it's so political um i definitely love everything that you're doing i have a question because there's something that you i wanted to add okay so to empower your the new generation right a fatherless Mm -hmm. men in turks and caicos is that also something that is common i mean we said it was all over but (laughs) 
it's it's uh actually in the caribbean in general two-thirds uh two-thirds of the homes is, is um single parent households in the caribbean really? do you think yeah. it's the weather and the beautiful scenery i'm just saying. i mean cyber hypersexuality is is um is promoted in the caribbean and our music reggae <laughs> soca i mean so i mean yeah it's it's something that uh yeah you you, you yeah i mean having multiple women is is uh it's is a it's a thing you know? and, and because these communities are so small um there's also there's always conflict in these homes because you know baby mamas and, and all these other things and so um single parent household in my neighborhood was was, was actually a, a normal thing um okay. a, a lot of my friends um grew up without their fathers in in the household I was fortunate to have a best friend that had a father in his room and, and I spent a lot of time at his house. He had a video game, the same type of video game. So we would often share video games and I would go by his house. So that's how I ended up spending so much time at his house and, and getting that mentorship and that nurturing that I needed to be the man I am today. But if, if that didn't happen, if that didn't happen, I, I, I probably would have gone down a very negative path me to, to deceive my grandmother and do anything I wanted to do and get away with it you know but for, fortunately for me I, I had a, a, a great uh, a friend I had a good friend a great friend and, uh, and his father was able to uh, take me on this ring and, and teach me uh, a lot of things about manhood wow and that you know yeah. what he probably taught you more than your dad could 100% sure. I, I've met my father, so I can tell you, uh, my father, he isn't as wise as you. Know. <laughs> no disrespect to my father, you know what I mean? No, but, no, no. It's, you know what? Uh, Facey, it is what it is, but that yeah, was your blessing. It, yeah, it was Look my blessing. Now, you For are sure. a probation and parole officer. Yep. Uh, do you work with teens or adults? I work with everybody actually. So I have uh, I have teenagers, I have older gentlemen, I have a, yeah, so it's it's a mixture. Wow. Um it, yeah, I mean this is I mean God has been good, you know, to actually write this book and then have this job um a, a year later. You know, it just shows me that he had this purpose for me and that my life was 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 um planned, I would say, you know, destined like this this was all his plan, you know. Again, you know, you gotta get up every morning and try to align yourself with his purpose, and and, and um, try to not live in fear because fear is of the world. You know, whenever you you fear something, you know, you just you just do it anyway. <laughs> that fear, happens, yeah, the, the fear isn't really a, a God thing because God didn't give you the spirit of fear. The world did. The world told wow. you what you should fear. You know, the only fear I think that we were born with is the fear of loud sounds and maybe falling down, I think, those two. But we, everything else is learned behavior. And so uh, don't let the fears of this world stop you from chasing your dreams or stepping out of your comfort zone. If you feel that fear, if you hear it, if you get that crackle in your voice, um, go after it anyway, because that's your next level right there. I have my last question so we can wind it down. You wrote about you believed creating open thought would inspire you. Yeah. Talk about open thought for them to, when you, I mean, <laughs> I, I, what I think it is might not be what it is. So what, what is open thought? 
So when I developed a fascination for psychology back in 2013, 14, um, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I was led, I don't know, I woke up one morning and I just had this desire to create a boys group. And um, I, at the time, um, I, I pitched it to my friends. I thought they would have said no, but their eyes lit up like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> so uh, we, we, uh, we said we were going to form this group. Um, I didn't know what this group was going to be, the name of this group. And again, like it's like all my, my best ideas come in the morning. I got up one morning <laughs> and open thought was on my mind. And I, I had, I believe it's still on my cloud too. I have this voice, this video of me saying open thought to myself so I wouldn't forget it. And then mm -hmm. a few months later, um, we launched a platform called Open Thought um, where, where we started doing like videos of us just having conversations that uh, about issues that, 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 that younger, because I was in my early 20s at that time. So like issues that we were going through in our early 20s as, as young men. And we did like a like an eight episode season of that. And after season one, um, the popularity grew. Um, the government was invested in the show. Gave all of us scholarships. We got a scholarship. to I, I got a full scholarship to go and study psychology. I mean, oh. it was... Yeah, like the show was just like like re very revolutionary at the time, and um, again today um, the, the Open Thought platform still exists. Um, we've done school tours, radio shows. Um, I have a radio show now um, under a different platform, um, but I'm still on. Ra I'm still doing radio shows as we speak. Um, but Open Thought is is basically us. Um, as a community, not putting ourselves in boxes and believing that anything is possible, no matter who you are, what you've been through. And it's also a platform that allows anybody to come to the table and have a conversation, as long as you're genuine about um, uh, progressing our community and taking us to the next level. Um, I've been blessed to have brothers that understand the mission and the mission is to level up our communities and, and, and really and truly live in black excellence. You know, um, we've been we've been going through these cycles for too long, and 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 I hope that this platform can really be something huge in the future, and globally, um, where you know, once you see open thoughts, you know, okay, I gotta get my mind right. You know, oh, I gotta, right. yeah, I gotta get my mind right. Like I'm not doing enough. There's more I can do. There's more possibilities for me. Is is I need to open up my mind. You know, so um, that that was the idea behind it, and and it, again, we're still growing, and it's still developing. The idea is still, I if I if I had to uh, use a, an example or an analogy, I would say we planted a seed in 2014, and now it's sprouting. Now it stems. You know, it's not really a tree yet, but we are now seeing some 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 signs of it of it um sprouting and, and having roots and all these things and i believe one day um open thought will you will see a, you'll come to turks and caicos islands and you'll open thought uh build and, and it's gonna be running um psychological programs and community programs and tv shows just geared towards wow. the, the progress of our people that's the vision and i i pray that I can uh, lift to see it, or at least lift to lay the foundations of that before I leave this planet. You will. You will yeah. do just that. <laughs>
No, see, was that yeah. that laugh was what? That you believe me or was that no, come on. No, I do believe it. Trust me. I okay. do believe it. I it's <laughs> It's, it's on my heart every single day every single day i've been it's for the past seven years and you know i've had uh, i wanted to give up on the idea but i have such great friends um and I'll, i i want to mention them on this podcast um nolan okay. smith um leonardo glasgow um those two individuals um they really helped they really held me down through my darkest oh. periods and um i i wouldn't be here today if it if it wasn't for them and 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 for them still believing in the vision even when i stopped believing in it and and those are the type of people that you have to have around you people who will stick with you through the thick and thin and to see that these individuals was black men wow um, black men doing that you know with no money cuz i mean we didn't have any money to pay pay ourselves Wow. But they stuck with me and and they still believed in the vision and to see that we are now progressing at a fast rate especially this year. You know, I I've been really blessed, you know, and I'm grateful for them and and they I love them to infinity and beyond. Oh. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you. Thank you LT Boy for coming no on my show. It's been a pleasure, and, man. And audience, I this has been a wonderful podcast. It will be in two parts. Well, I'm just going to put it together. <laughs> Love it. So, listen, guys. Thank you for listening to Mohani Love's podcast. Let's talk about it. And never forget that I love you. <laughs>